Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. So I've been living with type 1 diabetes for eight years, and of those eight years, I've been on an insulin pump for seven and a half. That means I've gone through 912 site changes, and that's not even counting my continuous glucose monitor. If you're living with diabetes, then you know that these diabetes devices are precious, and when we're just trying to do the things that we love, like being active, hanging out with our friends, traveling, we literally do not have time for our devices coming off and then dealing with insurance on top of that to deal with replacements. That is why I'm so happy that I found Syngrip, my favorite diabetes patch company, three years ago. Before finding them, my devices used to always knock off on doorways or sweat off after a workout. But since finding them, I can honestly say that I can go to the gym four days a week, sweat it up in hot yoga, go to the beach, and travel without having to worry about anything happening to my devices. As a type 1 diabetic who wants to make the most out of these experiences, I can't tell you how comforting it is to know that I have one less thing to worry about. Whether you're on an insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor, you can try out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Now let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Keep You 100 Radio. I am super pumped for today's episode. If you are new here, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited that you found us and that you are joining us for today's episode. And if you are not new here, if you have tuned into other episodes, if you are following along in, on Instagram or any other platform, welcome back. Again, I'm so happy that you're here and I don't think I could say it enough. So let's dive into today's episode. You guys have actually chosen today's episode. Earlier today, I put up on my Instagram stories a brief little poll asking you what you would like to hear on today's episode, and I had given you two options. First option was my top carb counting hacks, um, the ones that have nothing to do with weighing your food, and the second option was what we're going to discuss today, which is how to combat the spike in your blood sugars without the pre-bolus. And the second one kind of won by a landslide, but there were still a lot of votes for the top carb counting hack. So I'm debating whether to add that as an episode later on. So if that's something that you want to hear about, please definitely let me know. You can shoot me a message on Instagram. Just DM me. uh, My handle is at needlesandspoons underscore. And just let me know that's something you want to hear. I love knowing what you want to hear on the podcast because I want this to be a resource for your journey. So I want this to be, you know, strategies and tools and lessons that you can bring into your diabetes journey. When I was first diagnosed, I would go on YouTube and like Tumblr and Google looking for all these different resources. And honestly, I couldn't really find any that were relatable and that really applied to my journey. So I want this to be somewhere that you know that you can lean on to find those strategies, to find those tools from somebody who has been there and somebody who is living it each and every day with you. So whatever you want to hear, just go ahead on Instagram and let me know in the DMs. 
So diving into today's episode, again, we are going to talk all about different tools that you can utilize when a pre-bolus isn't an option. So the pre-bolus is a very powerful tool, and I know that it's talked about a lot on social media. That's actually how I found out about it. This was never a tool that my endo even really told me about. I was never really given advice on it until I found different people utilizing it on Instagram. So if you are not familiar with a pre-bolus, basically all it is is the strategy of taking your insulin a few minutes before your meal. I was always told to take my insulin right before I started eating or even after I ate. And all this really did was make me see a quicker and faster spike in my blood sugars and more often than not, a more stubborn one. The pre-bolus, however, you know, some people do this 10 minutes before they eat, some people do it 15, you know, some people do might take 20 minutes before they eat, and they will give that amount of time in between their dose and their meal to essentially match their insulin timing with the blood sugar spike to combat that fluctuation in their blood sugars. Now, keep in mind, the timing of this is dependent on a lot of things. This is going to be t- dependent on your activity level. This can be dependent on where your your blood sugar is trending. Um, it, it'll be dependent on the type of insulin that you use and the timing of that insulin. So, if you are thinking about utilizing this tool or if you haven't before, this should definitely be a conversation with your endocrinologist, your certified diabetes educator, or your dietitian, whoever you speak about your bolus strategy to. Because again, it's dependent on so many different variables that there's no way that you'll figure out what is best for you based on a podcast or based on somebody else's social media post. So when we think about how many times that we're eating in a day, that can take up a good majority of our time and range and just a good majority of our overall day in general. So when we think about it, the average person eats about three times a day, you know, three major meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If we throw in snacks into the mitts, that could be about four or five times a day. So that's a good percentage of time that is impacting our time and range and our overall average blood sugar. Now to take it a step further, let's just say that a meal impacts your blood sugar for two hours. If we are eating five meals and snacks a day, that is about 10 hours of our day, which is about 40% of our day impacted by each meal's bolus. So we want to make sure that we are doing this very strategically and not only are we going to see the impact in our blood sugars, but you know, we feel this impact when we are having that double arrow up after a meal we are feeling that. You know, I at least feel that in my energy levels. I feel that in my mood. I get really tired really quickly when my blood sugar is spiking really quickly. So obviously, it's important for us to know that we can combat those blood sugar spikes in whatever way possible. And while a pre-bolus can be an incredible tool for this, it is not the only tool. And there might be times where this tool isn't always appropriate. We might not have time for a 10 or 15 minute pre-bolus and sometimes frankly we don't know when we're going to eat so we might not have the time to plan for that pre-bolus. So what I want to do in today's episode is to give you a few tools that you can incorporate in those moments where a pre-bolus isn't possible so that you can still support your blood sugars. What I find a lot of the time is that if we can't do something, sometimes we go into that all or nothing mentality where it's like, if I can't pre-bolus, then well, screw it. I'm not going to, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm just going to inspect the spike and, you know, go from there. 
And that can be really dangerous because not only is it impacting our blood sugars, but then we can kind of lean into this resentment to diabetes where it has to be an all or nothing situation when in reality we can still incorporate very strategic tools, we can be intentional and we can be mindful and we can still find that balance of flexibility and predictability and enjoy the present moment. At least that's my entire goal in our coaching programs and inside our resources like the podcast and our social media platforms. Now, there might be a few reasons why we don't have time for a pre-bolus, right? It kind of comes up pretty often. Maybe we're eating at a restaurant or maybe we are spending time with our friends and families and we kind of get caught up in the moment. Or maybe we're at work and we don't know when our lunch break will be. So when we get relieved for lunch is when we get relieved. Whatever scenario that you are in, these can be tools that you can take with you. So tool number one is going to sound so stupidly simple but trust me when i say how powerful it can be and this tool is simply drinking water before your meal i know again it sounds so simple but water is so powerful in the sense that one it supports our digestion two it supports our energy but three it really does support our insulin sensitivity when we are dehydrated it can actually negatively impact our insulin sensitivity. So we want to make sure that we are hydrated before our meal. So one thing that this can look like is, you know, simply drinking a cup of water before your meal. One, not only will that support your hydration, but two, it can actually slow you down so that you do have a little bit of extra time in between your bolus and when you sit down and eat. This is something I always try to incorporate before breakfast. So before I actually have my coffee or before I have my meal, I just try to have one or two cups of water to make sure that I'm starting my day hydrated. But two, you know, it just gives me a little bit of extra time. Even if it's five minutes between my bolus, that is still something. And this can be really simple to just take with you wherever you are. So if you're at a restaurant and your meal comes out, you know, just taking a few sips of water, slowing things down. I'm a huge advocate for this because one, it's so simple and it can slow us down. And then two, it's something that our body needs anyway. So it's supportive to our body on all levels. So again, something that's really simple, but something that's also really, really important, especially when we get so caught up in the day-to-day and we are out and we're talking with friends or we're at work and we're just running around. Realistically, we're probably not hydrated enough anyway. With this next tool, I always throw up a caution flag because we want to make sure that we are using this tool in a very strategic and in a very empowered way. So you might know where I'm going with this, and that is movement. So when we utilize movement, we want to make sure that we are doing this in an empowered way because it can really hurt our relationship with food, it can actually hurt our relationship with our bodies, and it can hurt our relationship with exercise if we are using it in a way just to combat the blood sugars as they come. You have no idea how many messages I receive on a daily telling me that, you know, my doctor told me I have to exercise more, so I am running three times a day just to offset my blood sugars or to, you know, lose weight because they told me that would support my blood sugars. Or you have no idea how many times I hear I went to the bathroom at a dinner party to do squats because my blood sugar was high and I didn't know what else to do. This can lead to a very distorted relationship with exercise and we want to make sure that we are being so, so careful. Because at the end of the day, all you have is your body and your health and your relationship with these things. So when I say movement can be a tool instead of a pre-bolus, I want to emphasize that you should be doing this in a way that feels good and supportive to your body. At the end of the day, movement is very supportive of our insulin sensitivity. It does help our 
insulin act quicker. It helps bring our blood sugar down quicker. There are a lot of positive benefits to movement itself. But like I said, if we are just using it to offset our blood sugars, it can lead to a negative relationship with movement. So when we're talking about movement in relation to things to do outside of a pre-bolus, I'm going to kind of take two directions with it. So number one, we can use it as a very proactive tool. So one thing that I really love doing, you know, before a big dinner or before a big event, and again, this is if I have the time and space in my schedule and mental space for it, I will do a workout a few hours before or maybe during the morning or afternoon of. Now, resistance training can be really powerful because when we think about resistance training, that is incorporating muscle building activities. Now, as our muscles are activated, essentially what they are doing is they are uptaking glucose, which is why sometimes we see an increase in insulin sensitivity in the next 24 to 48 hours. Now, the cool thing about this is that your muscles don't stop working after your workout with resistance training they're still actively recovering from that workout. So they're still uptaking that glucose for the next 24, 48 hours, which is, which is exactly why we are seeing that increased insulin sensitivity for a longer period of time. So I like to use this as a tool when I'm going out to dinner or when I'm going on vacation or whatever the scenario might be because there's more variability in those moments. There's different foods around. I might not have time to pre-bolus. So this is just a really supportive way to make sure that I'm getting the more, basically the more bang for my buck with my insulin dosing. So I have less pressure to take that full 15 minutes of a pre-bolus. I have less pressure to carb count perfectly. There's just less pressure overall, and I can have a little bit more leeway with whatever I decide to do. So that's side number one with movement. Side number two is we can use this more as a reactive approach too. You, You usually won't hear me advocating for reactive approaches, but this is one where it can be supportive. So if you don't have time to pre-bolus and, you know, you get your meal and you're just kind of taking your insulin before, right before or during your meal and you notice a high blood sugar spike, you can utilize movement to kind of speed things up. So maybe that means going for a walk after dinner or walking down the boardwalk or walking to your car if it's a little bit further away. You can utilize things like walking and um, getting your body moving to get your insulin working quicker. This will bring down the blood sugar spike quicker and overall just get you back into range quicker. Now, this is something I actually just did today. So last week was Mother's Day and my mom was sick. So what we did today was actually she came over and we walked down the street to get ice cream. This is a good 10-minute walk, nothing crazy. But I knew that instead of driving, I wanted to walk because it would support my blood sugar and overall I could enjoy more conversation with my mom that way too. And you bet I enjoyed every single bite of that ice cream cone. And even better, my blood sugar stayed in range the entire time. I can actually look at my Dexcom right now and tell you what happened to my blood sugars. I started at 103, post ice cream went up to 136, and cruise down to the 120s until dinner. So as you can see, it can be really, really powerful in combination to our just our normal boluses. So at the end of the day, if you're utilizing movement, make sure that it's an empowered choice. It's something that feels good for your mental energy, your physical energy. Overall, just feels good for you. 
Use it as an opportunity to get more social, to call a friend or family member on the phone. You know, make sure that it's something that feels good and supportive for you. If it's something that doesn't feel good and supportive for you, look at other opportunities to support your blood sugars because I guarantee you there are, you know, at least four tools in this episode and there are a million others that can support you in that moment. So tool number three is also one of my favorite tools because it actually allows you to eat more. I know that sounds like a really weird statement in the diabetes community because usually we're told to cut back on carbs or to restrict X, Y, and Z in order to support our blood sugars, but at the end of the day, you can add in more food and you can support your blood sugars with that food. So I would definitely encourage you to speak to a dietitian when it comes to finding out what works specifically best for your body, but in our program, my co-coach, Jessica Herlicka, who is a registered dietitian and CDE, talks a lot about the PFF method. If you haven't heard of PFF, essentially what it is, it's just a, a way of incorporating protein, fat, and fiber into your meals. Essentially, all that does is it slows down digestion and you'll see that blood sugar spike a lot slower. So if you don't have time to pre-bolus, essentially this buys you a little bit of extra time for your insulin to start kicking in so you can match your insulin timing to your bolus. Again, when it comes down to specifics for your body, you want to make sure that you are speaking to a healthcare professional to find out what your best strategy is and what plate works best for you. And it's just really fun because not only does the PFF method work for your blood sugars and support your blood sugars, but overall it's going to help you feel more full and more satiated. You know, it can support your energy levels and, and overall you're going to feel less restricted with diabetes. So I really, really love this tool for that reason. Adding more onto my plate in a way to slow my blood sugar spike down, in a way to match my insulin timing, it just feels like a win-win-win. I really want to dive in deeper onto this tool, but I want to make sure that it's coming from Jess. Uh, so if you want to hear about more of this on the podcast, again, let me know. Send me a DM. Just say, I want to hear more about the PFF method on the podcast, and I will make sure to bring Jess in, and we will dive in deep all on that. So that was tool number three. The next tool I want to throw in big bold letters that this is just something that works for me in a way that I have gotten to be creative with my insulin dosing. Again, whenever it comes to blood sugar strategy and bolus strategy, you want to make sure that you are speaking to your endocrinologist, um, your CDE, or whoever's on your healthcare team to figure out what will work best for your body. But the reason why I speak about some things that I do in my journey is because it just gives us the opportunity to think about what ways we can be creative in our journeys. Again, when I was first diagnosed and I was looking to hear about other people's journeys and what other people are doing, I couldn't really find that. So that is the reason why I share this. But one thing that I do, especially when I'm out to dinner and maybe I don't know exactly when that plate will be right in front of me. I don't know exactly when I will be eating, but I still want to make sure to, like I want to be able to pre-bolus so that I can have some insulin active and I want to make sure that uh, my blood sugars don't spike completely from my food and my meal. First of all, I will always make sure to communicate with the waiter. So I always make sure that I'm asking them, you know, I, I kind of put it simply in, hey, I need to take this, I need to take a specific medication before I eat. Do you know about how long my plate will take to come out? A lot of wait staff are so receptive to this and they have no problem giving you, you know, the kitchen is slow or the kitchen is quick. It should be out in 15 minutes or so. So 
keep in mind that whenever I utilize this tool, I'm always, you know, conscious of when, uh, around when the meal will be out. So sometimes I like to get creative with other tools. So instead of taking a big pre-bolus when I don't know exactly when the food is going to come out in front of me, I will use different things like temp basils or an extended bolus to make sure that I'm still getting a little bit of insulin active so that I can kind of like prime my body. Does that make sense? Um, Prime my body for when the meal will be in front of me. I have insulin active so that again, I'm having less of an overall blood sugar spike. Now, I'm not going to go into detail of exactly how much of a temp basil I use or how, what I use when I do an extended bolus, none of that, but this is just a way of thinking of how can we get creative with the other tools available when a we don't want to take a big bolus when we don't know when a meal will be out in front of us. If you want to find out other ways to get creative, again, sit down with your endo, ask them that question of what can I do in this situation? What would you recommend? If I want to try X, Y, and Z, can you help me figure out what will work best for my body? It's really fun to just get creative and figure out, you know, how else can I make this work? I always feel like when we have more options and more strategies, we have more flexibility in what we do. And when we have more flexibility, we're more likely to welcome in more moments. We're more likely to try the new thing or to go out more and enjoy time with our friends more. And at the end of the day, that's what we want with diabetes. We don't want diabetes to hold us back or make us feel like we can't do the things that we love to do. We want to feel empowered in these decisions. And a lot of the times, I'm going to tell you, it's fun trying out new things and experimenting and troubleshooting and just seeing what we can do for the next time. So I hope, if nothing else, this episode gave you a few other options of things that you can incorporate so that you can enjoy more moments and that you can feel like you can enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. And if it did, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review and just let us know that. When you leave a review, it's more likely that other people will find this podcast and maybe it can help them in their own journey. So again, just to list those takeaways, those four main things of what you can do instead of relying on a pre-bolus. Number one, drinking your water. Simple as that. Drink your water before a meal. Two, adding in movement in a way that feels supportive and empowered. Number three, adding in protein, fiber, and fat. Again, we will dive in deeper with my co-coach on how that can support you and uh, why that's so important. And four, getting creative with the other tools that you have in your tool belt. Again, I hope this episode was supportive in your journey. I am so excited for NetSuite's episode, and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways. Go ahead and leave a review or send me a message on Instagram, and I cannot wait to hear. We will see you in NetSuite's episode.